Well, hello, gentlemen. Um, so in light of the lightened restrictions for, for COVID for flying and in, 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 uh, in the States and elsewhere in the world, uh, I think we want to give some travel tips to our listeners, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, travel tip number one, you're going to bring at least 10 more pairs of underwear than you think you need. You will shit your pants every day that yes. you're on vacation. Right, especially if you go to uh, Italy, right? Oh, yeah, all the pasta, it'll run right through. Right, yeah. exactly. The red sauce. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm recommending that you, you pack light. You only, uh, I have, I just, for a trip I'm going on, just purchased a backpack that's the size of a carry-on. So basically, all I'll be able to fit is those 10 pairs of underwear and then maybe some COVID mass. Maybe some bear mace, I don't know. Can you, can you carry that with you on a plane, bear mace? I don't know. Do you know what you can carry on a plane, Jim? Well, the good thing, what I always do when I show up at an airport, yeah, um, in, in the United States, and you know, if I go to like YYZ, it's different. But if I, you know, here in the U.S. and it's TSA, is I go up to them and I say, hey, 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 before I get in line, don't yeah. want to cause any problems. Of course not. How many drugs is too many drugs? How like so? And so you know what? You could add bear mace to that too. Like, how many drugs <laughs> is too many drugs? Also, bear mace. Well, I wonder. I mean, it's not defined anywhere. Right, right. Yeah. They don't specifically call out not bringing bear mace drugs. There, there might be some stipulation about that out there. I've somewhere. never seen anything at the Buffalo New, at the Buffalo Airport or okay. the Buffalo News. Okay, all right. If so. he didn't want me to bring bear mace, you should have said so. Right. Maybe you shouldn't have had that bear outside selling it. Well, what you could do if you didn't want to bother a TSA agent is keep bringing a few drugs at a time. Start with a joint, mm-hmm. see if you get through, and then just keep adding a joint at a time. You have to buy a bunch of flights, right? So I hope you have enough money to do that, mm-hmm. but. It's a good experiment because you'll, you'll know the limits. The other th- thing about taking a bunch of flights that way is that since you can't take like a full tube of toothpaste, but you can only you can take the small things, if you have like 100 flights to the Netherlands, eventually <laughs> you'll be able to build your own giant tube of toothpaste. Oh, that's good. So You could also bring your bear mace in one of those toothpaste tubes. Right. Yeah. And nobody yeah. will be any the wiser. Also, bring some cigarettes with you. No, to Europe? Well, Europeans love Dude, cigarettes. Dude, they've got so many cigarettes, though. Well, are they better cigarettes? Oh, I'm sure. Are, are they better than the res? Well, they're tech, they can't be better than the res. They're all natural there. And but maybe you could trade, right? It's, it's, that, it, this is this is the foundation of the global economy is tobacco. The, the Adam, Adam Smith would want you to bring cigarettes with <laughs> Johnny you to Tobacco Europe. Seed. Johnny Tobacco Seed. Yeah, just running around Central Europe, spreading Marlboros and and Senecas. <laughs> Hey, you guys! Uh, when you were, when I was in middle school, I had the the Mar- one of the former Marlboro men come around. I think he 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 was missing his jaw or something. He's like, you know, I was the Marlboro man, but now I'm not. Don't smoke, kids. That was that was just Jim Kelly, <laughs> crisis actor. The, the that guy, the Marlboro man, was the coolest guy you'd ever met. This guy, this yeah. this Jamoke, I don't know who they are. Right. He he probably really has a jaw. It was just all makeup. It was prosthetic. Right. Oh. But he was the Marlboro man. But well, Marlboro, Massachusetts, M A R L B O R O U G H. Marlboro. <laughs> no, but don't smoke. <laughs> Or smoke. I don't care. We're adults. Whatever. I mean, it's not good for you, but you already know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, nobody in 2022 is like, you You mean this is bad for me when they have a cigarette? Of course. Like, obviously, everybody knows that. 
Oh, the Square Podcast. Uh, Sponsored by Lucky Strikes. Mm-hmm. Lucky Strikes. Lucky Strikes. Nine out of ten doctors prefer Take the ten pod. packs to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and welcome back to the Square. We are here today with... Diamond Jim. Snake. And and it's re... I, I, what, what if I'm Roy? I, what if I'll be Roy today? You can be Roy. I'll sure. be Roy. That'll be my alter ego. Yeah. yeah. I'll be Roy. Re, Roy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, we should really, you know, if we if we had infinite amount of time, guys, we would like do dress rehearsal episodes for every episode we do. This is cracking so far. I feel loosey goosey. We recorded an episode a few days ago. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties. It, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't. No, it was not. It was the damn recording yeah. software, firmware, mm-hmm. sunspots, sunspots. I'm gonna office space this shit. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna take a bat to it. It was the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was five G. Uh-huh. Oh, that. My too. phone is five G. It interrupted the signals. Uh, but no, we are back. We're, you know, we're we're here. I feel good, Jim. You feel good? I feel fine. This beer is helping. Feels fine. I feel good now that I'm in the basement here of the Snake Pit because it is hot as fucking balls, dude. It is so. We are recording on Wednesday. It was ninety one degrees outside. Ninety one. Uh, un- unacceptable. How did it go from like fucking 62 to like 91? Newsflash, uh, it's going back down again. Yeah. Uh, 60 was just the preheat. So and then <laughs> uh, this, this is they, they cranked the oven up to full temperature for us today. God damn, dude. Well, thankfully, thankfully, it was nice this past weekend at the Allentown Art Festival, which I was in attendance. I uh, had a nice day. Adrian and I walked around. We got to see all the booths. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Channel 7 News team on your shirt. Well, not today. I did oh. it when we last recorded it. Right. I? But well, I, 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 they don't know that. Oh, well, I, I know I got a nice shirt. I got a nice. <laughs> we got Irv Weinstein, t-shirt. Tom Jones, and that sports guy I can never remember the name of. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about? What's his name? Ernie. Brick Tamlin. Bring Tamlin. Brick Tamlin. Okay. Yeah. No, I got a nice shirt from the retro t-shirt guy who's really up his game. The t-shirts are much better uh, these days than in years past. I saw a Fantasy Island one. I think you'd like that, right? Did you ever yeah. go to Fantasy Island? Oh, oh not the show. The, no, I'm talking the, about the, the theme park. The, the park. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course I have. Yeah, I saw the cowboys, you know, jump from the roof and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, and then, of course, you know, it's still the Allentown Art Festival, so there's a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the man who had a bunch of, his stand was European mounted skulls. Now, they were animal skulls, but it just, it piqued my interest. Why Why European mounted skulls? Do you think that sucks it up? You know, it literally adds a little bit of Ritz to it. Right, that's that famous, like, love for <laughs> European taxidermy as opposed to, like, North American taxidermy. Just put European in front of anything. European Fago. Right, yeah. Right? <laughs> European Jenny Light. Yeah. It automatically makes it better. It makes it, it, makes it that much classier. European Chevettas. <laughs> Dude, I wonder what European Chevettas would taste I like. I bet you it has balsamic vinegar in it. Oh yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. It's and cigarettes and, and lots of nicotine <laughs> and insane amount of nicotine. <laughs> so the art festival, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was you know hot, but not too hot. Um, got to see a lot of cool booths too, along with you know the the trash. Uh, there was also Jim Jamestown Pride was this weekend. Yeah, so I I didn't make it to Allentown Art Festival uh, because I was down in Jamestown for their second ever Pride Festival. Um, so I mean it's it was it was good going down there. Um, it's interesting seeing like a nascent pride festival last year that was their first year. Uh, at that 
Pride, they only had like one block blocked off in downtown Jamestown. This year, they had four blocks. Only three blocks were used, but um, you know they 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 they, they expanded. They've grown. Uh, it was great. I saw. I mean, actual thousands of people showing up at Jamestown Pride, which really impressed me. You know, uh, you know, I I guess I didn't expect that kind of turnout in Southern Chautauqua County, uh, and you know, it was not. I think. We start. We kind of lose some sight uh, in Buffalo Pride, and one of the reasons why Pride was so important initially, um, it, it gave a place for people to be themselves and be happy and be embraced. And with Jamestown Pride only being in its second year, you still really get that feeling. I mean, like for me being around and seeing, like, yeah, it was it was great seeing like the kids like in high school and middle school who were allowed to be themselves, who were also there with their friends who had stickers identifying themselves as allies, and that they were like they felt able to be themselves and be embraced in public in fucking you know in Chautauqua County, uh, but also the adults who live in Chautauqua County. You know, it's a more rural county. It tends to vote Republican, more conservative. Uh, even if the city of Jamestown itself and city of Dunkirk are, are more Democratic enclaves inside the county, um, you know, the county itself is a little more conservative. And seeing the embrace was great. And you know, and even there was, there was one protester and this fucking, you know, shithead uh, dummy. So he was standing outside of the area that was blocked off and he was standing on a public sidewalk. So he probably was entitled to stand there because he wasn't actually trying to physically engage anybody. He was just yelling about how we were all going to hell. Mm. But the Jamestown police walked out to him and said like, look, we, you can't stand here. And he didn't argue because you know, he's a bootlicker. Yeah. Um, and so they walked him and said, you have to stand down here. And they t- remember I said that there was four blocks blocked off for the pride, but only three blocks were being used. They put him at the end of the fourth block where nobody was there. <laughs> and the, this, right. this idiot stood there for like the next four hours yelling to no one because no one was down there. Wow. Um, it was great. The only thing was not like the only reason why I knew that he was down there is because uh, I had left some stuff in my car and I went to go get my car and I was parked down by there and he was just standing behind a police barrier yelling to no one. So even even the Jamestown police did the right thing for the Jamestown Pride Festival. Right. Um, so I know Jamestown Pride, it was great. Um, I know that Olean Pride was the next day. I didn't get to Olean. Um, but if you're looking to be supportive or do something different next June when Pride comes around, you know I would check out Chautauqua and Cattaraugus County. Go to Southern Tier Brewery while you're at it. Yeah, another thing to do down there, right? Mm-hmm. Make a weekend of it, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've I've actually never been to. I've never been like stayed in Jamestown. I've driven through it before, but you know, uh, it sounds like it was a great time. It sounds like, yeah, you're you're right. Like, uh, it's hard to think about. Uh, you know, living in the city of Buffalo, not like we're some fucking buzzing metropolis here but we are used to having pride parades now you know so much so that this past pride parade as we talked about last week was massive i mean it was huge probably i think it was the biggest one we've ever had by far um but it's it's it is interesting like a community like jamestown where like you said jim there are people you know, maybe who haven't had the opportunity to be themselves probably their whole lives. Some of them, right. You know, in public, in a public setting around family, friends or whatever, feel uncomfortable. Like 
expressing their identity. Well, and, and, and you know, up in Buffalo and the Pride, and again, you know, Buffalo's growing and to be more accepting. But you know, you see stuff like the fire departments in the parade, and and all these companies are are part of the parade and 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 part of uh, the festivities down at the the Pride Village. And you know, that's Jamestown's not quite there, but they're getting there. But it's it's it was mostly like as far as organizations that had booths, it was mostly like health related organizations or social services related organizations um but you know like there was like you could see, see that like there's growing acceptance um and it maybe you know not uh, the point of the pride was not to make me like a white cis het guy feel good but like to see like all these people being accepted in their hometown or in their community and being able to be who they wanted to be uh and who they are and for everybody to be like, yeah, you know, like we're here for you today, like you know, and and That's hopefully great. this means we'll be here for you more than just on this day. It seems like it's a spark to a flame. It was it it I I, I you could not get me in a bad mood that day, and you know, and you know that because we went to Star Wars night at the ballpark. After that. <laughs> That's right. It was a great day. I just want to say it was it, just last thing on Pride. It was in our lifetimes that Jimmy Griffin was telling the cops to shut down Allentown mm-hmm. and shut the lights off and, and raid the bars. Like, this is something that happened in our lifetime. It's not ancient history. Um, it's it's very modern, very recent. Like, it all happened so fast that uh, the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage and it seemed to be a watershed moment for gay people and gay rights in this country. But it's, it's not that long ago when everything was very much stigmatized. Pe- people are marginalized, so... Mm-hmm. I'm glad we are uh, but, I mean, in the future. I mean, you know, the fighting judge, Mark Rosanti, had the, the swing vote on legalizing yes, same-sex right. marriage here in New York. I mean, it certainly was not that long away, far so away. Who got on in history for two things. Right, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, you know, I mean, like, look, you know, it, 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 may, it might sound a little crazy now if, if you are around uh, a more major metropolitan area like Buffalo. But, you know, for a long time, for like Pride, you didn't even get all the Democratic politicians to show up to Pride. It was a lot of them didn't show up at all. Um, so you know, like, which now sounds just crazy. Like, how would a Dem not show up to a Pride? Uh, I mean, you had your Chuck Swanicks, you know, who right. were like uh, avowedly right. homophobic. R- literally ran on that line. My God. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so I wanted to give because uh, I, I we could, we kind of glossed over Pride, and you know. We're hoping, you know, to have someone next week to uh, key us in a little bit better on uh, Pride and the, its importance in the community. Sure, for sure. Another big event. Um, neither of us, none of us here were able to attend it, but it was pretty pretty uh, heavily attended was the March for Our Lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe every, what, pretty much every Democratic political figure was in attendance. I know Mark Polencars was there. Um, I believe the Common Council were all there. Um, yeah, uh, Ledge, um, your state officials, except for Pepper, couldn't make it apparently. Um, but uh, you know, state Tim Kennedy was there. Uh, I mean, you yeah, it was it was really a, a who's who of uh, elected officials uh, who represent. Even if they don't represent that part of the city, if they represent the city at all, made it a point to make sure they showed up for the, and supported that community. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know what more there is for us to say about gun control or gun rights or whatever. I mean, I, obviously, I am uh, I, I am in favor of, of reasonable gun control. Um, but it, you know, it, we're just at the point now where it's like I think everybody acknowledges that there needs to be something. Like even 
that, that, again, we've talked at length about Chris Jacobs and you know how a lot of what he did could very much be a vanity uh, thing for him to be the uh, the Republican above the fray who can ultimately get himself out. And we'll, and we'll segue this into New York 23 in just a second here. But um, I really just want to talk briefly on the gun control thing. It just seems like we're at a watershed moment where, you know, a few weeks ago, the New York Yankees were treating out gun control statistics and uh, the business community really seems to be pushing, I, I think behind the scenes, but it does, it feels like there's a wave of well, corporate support for gun control. And I think and, that's the whole reason we had compromise in, in, at the federal level, right? Mm-hmm. Regarding this stuff, because capital's had enough of this shit, which is, it sucks. That it's got to get to that level. Right. I mean, it's, it is tough. Like, you know, it, it carried through um, the house pretty easily. There are uh, indications of some Republicans who are, are willing to support it in the Senate. But if you look at the Republicans who are, are talking about willing to support it in the Senate, like four of them are retiring. So like, yeah. you know, like there is like Chris Jacobs are like, well, I guess I could do this now that it's like, I don't have to battle again or uh, a couple of the other ones who are walked, talking about it. Well, they just got elected two years ago, so they don't have a campaign for four years. So there's time for people to forget. The only one who is mentioned on the Republican side about potentially voting for any kind of gun control in the Senate who has an election in two years is strangely Mitt Romney. Who like somehow Mitt Romney is becoming like the voice of conscience in the Senate for the Republicans. Well, how about that? What a fucking world we live in now. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> an odd development. We'll, we'll keep an eye on, of course. Um, no, we won't. I don't know. Or that's not us. <laughs> we'll let we'll let like the New York Times or some or Chapo Trap House do De- something. Desert like News. Desert News, yeah. But in our own little slice of heaven, we have uh just the amazing the amazing race in New York twenty three is starting to heat up, Jim. We have I wish it was more amazing race, like they had to travel around the world and like <laughs> race each other. I would love to see Carl and Nick Langworthy like try to take like a taxi cab in Malaysia. Well, that or like uh, like the other Nick Nick Melinda cross the uh, cross the uh, falls. So right? yeah, right. Let's have, that, have have them race. Right, yeah. Let's get get the them falls. both up on a high wire. Right, and see if they can make it across the falls. Mm-hmm. They would die immediately. Well, I mean, well you know, <laughs> instant. Langworthy went to Niagara University, so he's used to the oh. winds coming off the gorge. Oh, that's see? true. He's got the advantage, right? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, telling you, Nick's right. Carl went to Podunk St. Bonaventure, so like the yeah. wind's coming off the gorge. He's got no, there's no way. He's like, he's just used to you know the like cattle, like cattle ran, randomly the, walking into the Allegheny, and maybe like groundhogs coming to bite him, right? His toes or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't, know. I don't know what goes on in Olean, and I don't. You nailed it. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know any more. <laughs> no, so we had we had a uh, some some strikes here, Jim, in the proxy war uh, between. Carl Palladino and Nick Langworthy, because as we discussed at length last week, um, you know, Carl is just doing batshit insane stuff. Nick Langworthy doesn't really want to touch it with a 10 foot pole directly, but we had a statement from uh, what's the gentleman's name? Keith Wolford. Keith Wolford. Yes. Who is a black Republican uh, identifies himself as such and basically came out and say, no, Carl Palladino is racist. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, when he was running, he was the Republican candidate for attorney general. And when he was running, um, that he was at a, a meeting, I think here in Buffalo, and Carl was just saying like openly racist things about him to him in front of other members of like the state executive committee. And so, you know, Wofer was like, look, he's, it, it's not like 
Oh, maybe he's a little. No, he is definitely one hundred percent openly racist. Oh, well, what about the Hitler comments? Well, I mean, uh, you could construe those, I suppose, as racist. <laughs> well, <laughs> you could you could spin anything, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Right. It's, look, if we're, you could if you spend all day rearranging words, you can make anything sound bad, Morty. I guess so. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's the you know, the other Carl thing that came out this week was that you know he said we needed leaders who motivated people like Hitler. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, oh, <laughs> what a fucking thing to say, dude! I, like, what an amazing, oh, like, fucking thing to say. Uh, how, how many other people could he could he have said? Uh, literally anyone else, right? Yeah. right? Like, uh, if he had said, "We needed people to, we need somebody to, leaders to motivate people," like I motivated people in the 2010 gubernatorial primary. That is awfully self centered, but way better than saying, oh, yeah. you know, like Hitler. Dude, you said it the other day, Jim. Like, like if he even said Churchill, that would have... I mean, Churchill's a piece of shit historically, right. but like that's somebody that you could identify as being a leader and not being like, oh, but, that's fucking insane thing to say. Right. Uh, that, that was his apology is that he said, I should have said Churchill. And, and, uh, you know, and you know, like Rusty Weaver pointed, like, well, he was also really shitty. And uh, like also, like, this is how old Carl is, is that the only people he can think of as leaders are from World War II. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because all he watches, because, you know, he's like a fucking million years old. All he watches all day, like every old guy, is the History Channel on repeat, and it's always World War II. Well, in that case, I'm surprised he didn't say, like, we need leaders like Mike from American Pickers. <laughs> or that guy, or Chumley from Pawn Stars. Right, right? Yeah, 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 Chumley. Uh-huh. We need that aliens guy. <laughs> we need we need leaders like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, wow. It's- the, the aliens guy, by the way, with his hair... Is like he's like uh, like a more intense like Steve Brule, and like the but like the like the base version of Steve Brule is Bill Hochul. Oh yeah, Bill Hochul like he like he is like one missed haircut away from looking like Steve Brule. Dude, I saw the aliens guy. He came to Buffalo <laughs> a few years back, Giorgio. It was wild, man. You should have seen some of the people. I I swear to God, you know you know he's a, a Greek dude, right? Yeah. You know how people like are like. So where did he come to Buffalo? Like, was he like, was he at Town Ballroom or was he like washing dishes at Costa's? No, it was a weird. It was a weird venue. Um, it was like down the street from Town Ballroom. It was almost like set. Oh, what the fuck was the name of that? I'll have to a look it up. B District. Maybe. <laughs> Can I just tell you that I know someone who once a year makes uh, euros. Uh, they 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 just have a griddle. Yeah. They make euros for I think the art festival in Lewiston or something like that, and they clean up, man. You can make some real money just like cooking up chicken and, and throwing some Greek dressing on it and right. shit. The Euro market. Yeah. Yeah. Underserved. That's, Seriously. That's, uh, that's just a little pointer to all you right. listeners. Yes. Yeah, so there, so if you, it. It, the, the main thing is if you're like one of the, if you're a, currently a black market marijuana cannabis dealer. Yeah. And you're worried, like, what am I going to do with my livelihood once it becomes legal in New York <laughs> State? Tatiki. Black market tatiki. Okay. Do you think, um, do you think Nick Langworthy, if he loses this election, we'll get into that? Right. Yeah. It's, it's uh, he'll be is Langworthy a Greek name. Well, no, but I mean, you said name? you said it, it. Hey, the market's popping, man. Money's well, money. You don't well, have to be yeah, Greek. It's also got to right. taste good. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, I I am quite I'm quite sure Nick Langworthy he knows good tasting food. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. So uh, back to like the Langworthy versus Carl. So uh, 
so clearly Wolfer leaking this because so this Wolford story I think broke in the New York Post, which is basically where every every place that Chris Grant has things break uh, whenever he has a story that he wants. Woof, to woof. Um, and then, but Langworthy finally did say something himself uh, about the race, and that was that Elise Stefanik endorsed Carl because Nick wouldn't support her as state chair for governor this year. Which she should be thanking him. Like, first of all, the Republicans had their debate for the governor's race this week, and it was a fucking mess. And she began the shit kicked out of her like four ways to Sunday. She probably wouldn't even win the, the gubernatorial primary, and she'd go from like third ranking member of the how or the uh, Congress for Republicans to nobody. No one would care about her in North Country. You know, you bring up the. You're right. You're right, by the way. 100% we right. We got to talk about the debates. We got to talk we about the talk debates. About as, a, as a quick aside, we're we're a little loosey-goosey today, but we have to talk about the debates. Did I watch them? No. However, I don't think they were worth watching. They're probably a lot of the same pablum bullshit. Kathy Hochul pretty much anointed as the Democratic candidate. Um the the Republicans, it's going to be the legend of Zeldin, but maybe Andrew Giuliani I don't know, but likely Zeldin, I think. Um, but we had a couple interesting debate questions that I think, I think you, Square Listener, are entitled to know the answer to. So, on the Democratic side of the aisle, Jim. Let, let me read this out, yeah. okay? The moderators quiz candidates on a smorgasbord of topics from congestion price, pricing and secondhand marijuana smoke to whether they believed in ghosts. In a, rare moment, in a rare moment of consensus, all vouch for some form of life after death. That's that's all it means is they're they're all trying to get that CBS ghosts money. That's <laughs> is that are are we are we in a ghost zeitgeist right now? Right. Are we like liking ghosts right now? Right. It's, uh, or, do, I, or is life so shitty right now that you just have to believe in an afterlife? The Democrats in order to make it through the day. The Democrats need to run Bill Murray. They need to run. The Ghostbusters, okay? They need mm. to... Yeah, that's is it, right. Is, is that what it's mm-hmm. like? Okay. That's what it's right. Well, you got to believe in them to bust them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have and, to be not and, afraid and, of them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you're definitely going to get somebody who believes in the afterlife mm-hmm. if you vote for the Democratic candidate for governor and uh, how they feel about ghosts, you know. Well, that's... Yeah, it's... it's it reminds me of uh, my very first day working at Dave and Adams. When I was being shown around, and uh, the guy showing me said, "You know, hey, I, I have a question to ask you." And I was like, "Well, because uh, you worked there previously, not no, just walking in the place." No, no, this is literally my first day. Oh, okay, yeah, I had never worked there before. I'd never met this guy in my life. Okay, I was there for an hour. Yeah, and he was showing me around the warehouse, and he stopped suddenly and turns. And he's like, "Hey, I have a question to ask you." And I was like, "Well, go ahead, whatever." And he's like, "Hey, do you think ghosts fuck?" <laughs> And they should have asked the governor candidates that. Yeah, right. Like right. that should have been the follow up. Do you believe in ghosts? And, all, and like, well, and like, can you imagine Kathy Huckle's face? And she's like, Yeah, I believe in some sort of afterlife. And like, follow up. Do you think they fuck? If we ever have a gubernatorial <laughs> candidate on this podcast, they're getting asked if ghosts fuck. So the uh, on the Republican fuck. side, like the the meme question or answer that was has been going around is they asked them all what their favorite smell is. Oh. And uh, two of them said something related to their wife. Their, wi- their wife, guys. Right. Their wife's hair. Right, wife's, wife's hair. Wife's hair. Yeah. Which is n- not something a serial killer would say. No. Sus, sus, sus. <laughs> but, but Andrew Giuliani said, well, it's not the homeless. 
I guess I'll go with the morning dew. Oh, my God. Andrew Giuliani, who was the one who wasn't allowed to be there in person because he's not vaccinated. <laughs> I can't smell anything right now. I, I don't have any favorite smells. So, he, yeah, but he started off with, it's, it's not the homeless. Uh, well, we didn't ask you what's not your favorite smell, but we also didn't ask you to shit on people who are suffering. Yeah. Even though that is like the, the modus operandi for the Republican Party. They could start a new party, Homeless in the Meat Grinder Party, and, and I bet they do well among the Republican base. That's what they want to do. Right. That's, that's, they don't give a shit. I got, I got to pull up who said what. I need to know what Zeldin said. Uh, I, I need I need to know what the Legend of Zeldin said. He had to have a better answer. Here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay. What's your favorite smell? Astorino, my wife's hair. Sus. Giuliani, definitely not the homeless. So you said, I think it's the fresh dew. Okay. He thinks. Wait, wait, listen, listen to this bullshit. Wilson, victory. Right. Yeah, that's right. I uh, forgot. Uh, I, I, was, I was ignoring Harry Wilson on purpose. The turnaround expert. The turnaround expert. And finally, Zeldin with the, the horniest answer, my wife's perfume. Right. But he didn't say only on his wife. So if you yeah, also oh, happen oh. to wear the same scent as yeah. his wife, that... I'm that, voting that is the best answer. That that's just leading us down another Cuomo aisle where like all of his staff have to wear the same perfume as his wife. He could have said my wife's ghost perfume. Right. Oh yeah, the ghost yep. perfume. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, wife's hair is like too creepy, but wife's perfume is just like horny enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Wife's hair it like leads us to like some sort of psycho thing where like she dies and he keeps her in the attic as a tech cuz we're <laughs> going back to the taxidermy thing, the European skull. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. So we we uh, we have on the Democratic side and, and the Republican side just a bunch of sickos, perverts, freaks, uh, kooks, and ghouls. Right. So, you know, that's what we're getting. In. We love them. We, yeah. we, love, we love them, folks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, just to bring it home a little bit, I know, again, we're, we're going far afield back and forth on this, but I, I do want to talk a little bit more about this, this Carl um, Langworthy race, which... I don't know. At this point, it, it seems to be sort of a, a, a we use proxy war around here a lot, but it's true. It, it does. It does feel like it's an infighting for the to rest the, the controls of the Republican Party. What's interesting to me, Jim, is that you always say the Republicans fall in line. They always end up falling in line. Um, the Democrats uh, hilariously don't. But the Republicans always seem to fall in line. Now, is this a bit of an aberration here, this fight? Or is it going to be like, hey, the dominoes are all going to fall and the Republicans will be what they are after well, this? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think I think it is a little bit of an aberration because it's such a crazy Republican district. And, you know, Carl, he's going to die soon. He has to jump. He's got to try now, right? He's 77. Like, how long can he live? But Nick, it, like for him, like this is his chance to like he's forty one, right? Be a member of Congress for the next thirty years, to be New York's Chuck Grassley, right? And just do this forever. Um, and so this is an opportunity to jump in when the when the getting's good. Uh, but like you're, I think you're starting to see like over the last couple of election cycles, the Republicans are a little bit more willing to primary each other than they used to be. Um, they used to fall in line a lot better. Um, now that the, you know the the party has gotten so 
crazily right and there's so much of a purity test on the right for you know things which we saw with jacobs were like he was like hey i maybe we we do we don't sell automatic weapons to 18 year olds and immediately the response from the republican party was like you have to get the fuck out now <laughs> like so um you know where you know 15 20 years ago a member of uh, the New York caucus in particular, like a, a blue state, a Republican there could have said something like that. And they would have been like, well, we get why you have to say that we're obviously, we're not going to let you pass it, but like, we understand why you have to say that. And now even in a state like New York, like you're not allowed to have even like the faintest, like centrist idea in the Republican party. I think the other thing that's going on here is, is about wanting to fall in line is that, you know, you've got people like like Nick Langworthy and and Big Dog Chris Grant. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they've ever taken Carl seriously as like a person. Really, like they view him as like a useful idiot, as a dumb guy who who supports their candidates, supports their positions, who they can just go to and ask for money, and they never take him seriously as 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 an own entity because. They just they've never really had to even when he was running for governor like, you know, you had a bunch of people basically pushing that running that Mike Caputo key among them uh, and they didn't take him like they just thought he'd be like a figurehead governor and they'd actually get to run things. Um, So when he said he wants to be a member of Congress, like they don't care. They don't they've never taken him seriously. They're certainly not going to take him seriously now. Isn't it hilarious that the Republican Party, which, you know, for all uh, in, intents and purposes, really is the party that does tend to service capital and, and thus service a lot of the boomers in this country. Even even within the Republican Party, they're like, okay, man, come on. <laughs> like, it's it's time to move on, Grandpa. You know, off to the home with you. Um, and Carl Paladino is a perfect avatar of, no, <laughs> we're just going to hold on and fuck you. I'm going to live forever. Well, it's, if you look at, at the at least at the federal level, the average age of an elected Republican is actually much lower than Democrats because, you know, Democrats are less likely to be like, all right, well, you, you know, you've served your time. Get out of here, Diane Feinstein. Like, you know, like go back to your original home, Jurassic Park. And, Jesus. and <laughs> what dinosaur is she? <laughs> she's, she's certainly not a velociraptor. Oh, no. Not much speed in that one. Her no. swearing in at the Garden of Eden. <laughs> right. But uh, the Republicans have been like, like I said, they they over the last like five or six years have been much more likely to to primary each other and cut each other out. Like I mean, you know, Eric Cantor, like what was like six years ago, is, is like a perfect example of like, you know. This, that is somebody who 15 years ago, obviously nobody would have ever primaried, and then six years ago just flat out loses. By the way, I missed an opportunity for a dino joke there. Right, Well, but, the but there is an opportunity to put the Jurassic Park theme in there. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Fun with editing. Fun with All editing. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, no, I mean, look, I, and here's, here's my take on this, is that I think that uh, functionally will nick langworthy be any different as a legislator than carl paladino no absolutely not do i think uh nick langworthy believes anything less crazy than carl paladino no do i think uh nick langworthy will have a veneer of respectability more so than carl paladino yes because it's really fucking easy to do right all you do is not say we need a leader like hitler or not share uh horse porn or not email 
racist uh, pictures of Michelle Obama in sexual Congress. Like, it's really easy to be a lot more respectable than right. Carl or, or, or to say that Uvalde and Buffalo were false flags, right? Yes. Like, so, it, that, so that's why I, I do think they'd be... Uh, look, that Southern Tier District, uh, which ex, you know expands up until, like, Buffalo and Cheektowaga now, um, it could definitely use the influx of federal dollars that a good, effective member of Congress could bring. Carl is certainly ne- like no Republican is ever going to give him the time of day in DC and allow him to bring money to, to Buffalo. Langworthy is the perfect slime ball for DC. And you know, is he going to bring money back to that district in his first term in his first two years? Probably not it. By the time he's been there for eight to 10 years, Absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who, like, his first job out of college was working for Tom Reynolds when Tom Reynolds was chair of the National Republican uh, Congressional Campaign. He, Langworthy, has still has and has even more national connections uh, than Carl's ever had. He doesn't have the money that Carl has personally, but he, like, everybody knows who Nick Langworthy is, and he'll be able to develop that. Like, you know, it would be shocking to me that if he won and he was there for multiple terms that by like his fourth or fifth term, he wasn't on ways and means, mm-hmm. right? Like that is his, like his, his, he projects that in 20 years, he's chair of ways and means. And Carl projects that like in like four months, he's been kicked off all of his committees because he said something insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But content wise, I mean, Carl Palladino would be excellent for us. It, it would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, it doesn't, to me, in, in a lot of ways, it doesn't functionally matter other than, like you said, you know, Nick is a, a much more adept institutionalist, whereas Carl, I mean, Jesus, you know, we, we, the, the, the book's out on him long, long ago. But um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just very funny that, you know, Nick Langworthy has to navigate this lane of being like, I don't even want to say moderate because he's not trying to do that. He's literally just being the not insane guy. Well, that, yeah, that's that's like he would love to be the far right candidate in the primary, but like he can't get crazier than Carl. So he's got to like attack him through third party sources and just kind of like ride like a, a pseudo middle, but while trying to be as right as possible. And I think the other thing is like Nick has to do this now because his party is going to get absolutely fucking waxed in November in the mm-hmm. statewide office, statewide offices. And, you know, unlike, you know, Ed Cox, who the former state Republican chair who has uh, just a ton of money, he can go fuck off and do whatever he wants and just, you know, sip drinks in, in you know, East egg or whatever. Um, Langworthy has to work for a living. And so being a member of Congress will afford him the opportunity to make a bunch of money without having to work. And this is what he's looking for. And, you know, he'll he'll spend 25 years. And with the, like, seven years that he had working for Collins and Reynolds, he'll retire pretty early uh, with, like, a full federal pension. And that's what he's looking for. And if, in the meantime, he's also able to get, like, you know, a couple hundred million dollars so they can redo Interstate 86 across the southern tier, all the better. And rename it Nick Langworthy Speedway or a highway or whatever. Oh, Speedway sounds good. Speedway sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Democratic side of that race, barring, barring, please God, let it happen, Nate McMurray jumping into the fray. But on the Democratic side, it, make America Nate again. Make America Nate again. Um, but barring, barring that, 
just please God let that happen. Uh, on the Democratic side, Jim, we seem to have like willed a guy into being. We we seem to have manifested a Democratic candidate. We said on the podcast last week that you know the Democratic candidate, the Dem in that district uh, running, would probably be some like nondescript guy who had connections within the party and you know was just a I don't know kind of soup can type guy, but you know, maybe a veteran or something. And lo and behold, there's like a air force veteran. I can't remember the gentleman's name. Yeah. Uh, Max, Max Delapia. Max Delapia. That's the one. Uh, yeah. He's a uh, current or former Tioga County, Democratic County chair. Uh, Mexican pizza, Mexican pizza. Yeah. Uh, Taco Bell is back with Max Delapia. <laughs> uh, Seems like a nice enough guy, but you know, yeah. again, just, Kind of a palooka out there will have no chance against um, uh, I I mean Langworthy certainly right. and maybe Carl but right. doubtful even still right um, I mean he uh, he is uh, he's not just a, a veteran I mean he's an Air Force Academy a, a graduate yeah so I mean he, you know he was a, I mean so that's you know, all the stuff that goes along with getting into one of the military academies um, and I think he's got a law degree maybe from Marquette something like that. Um, and, but yeah, like you know, Langworthy has the conservative line. So it were he to lose the Republican primary to Carl Pell, you know, which is certainly possible. Mm-hmm. Trade Kings has has odds on that. Do, do they Trade yeah. Kings? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's is that I, your favorite book, Trade Kings? Oh, yes. yeah. Right. That's uh, we we can all be Southern tier Caesars. Uh, uh, I don't know. Even if you've got a Carl versus Langworthy election uh, in November. That Delapia has a chance because I think that Langworthy wanting to save face, not just statewide but nationally, would endorse Carl to win that race uh, and wouldn't con- continue on the campaign and say that I can win on the conservative line only. Um, but it, it certainly would make things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good luck to him, honestly. I, I have, you know, I, I'm not going to hold anything against him that he's not Nate McMurray, maybe slightly, but. Um, you know, I, given the other two options, I, I do hope that he wins, uh, but I'm unfortunately not going to hold my breath, uh, for that. So, uh, you know, it's better than Mexican pizza, European pizza. Yeah. Ooh, European pizza. Mm-hmm. I coupled with maybe European spaghetti. Right. Now you could cook your back alley Greek gyros. Yes, and put it on your Mexican pizza. You could really have a, an amazing multicultural oh, experience. Yeah. I, I my brain can't process. Right. It's not big enough to process. Right, right. but right. see, my European pizza, I, I intentionally try to make it so that nobody wants it. So I dig up the fish I buried. It's a Nordic style pizza, and my Lake fer- Erie perch, my fermented Lake oh. Erie perch that have been buried <laughs> underground for six months. The the Lake Erie lutefisk. Yeah. Like- and the worse it smells, <laughs> the more of a delicacy it is. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, the, uh-huh. This shit is really popular in Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, while we're on the subject of uh, uh, <laughs> Lake Erie Perch, <laughs> uh, it has me thinking about um, you know the harbor side and, and downtown. And, well, by God, so did uh, the federal government. They thought about down in the first ward by by the water too because the roads in south buffalo baby they're fixing them up to the tune of 47.5 million well that's good dollars because don't all roads lead there anyway right all roads yes uh, they what they said about rome they really meant was republic steel republic street i mean (laughs) yeah um because yeah it's it's south buffalo all all roads lead to father conway park all roads lead to father (laughs) yep 
Conway Park. Yes, they're fixing up the roads, the bridges, all that good stuff down there, which, hey, if you've ever traveled in that neighborhood, in that area, you'll know they are very much in need of rehabilitation. So some could say cynically that, you know, Chris Scanlon navigated the mayoral primary and the mayoral general election correctly and reaped the fruits of his uh, sycophancy. Mm -hmm. What say you, Jim? Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, also, like, we just talked about how you know, Langworthy in, like, 8 to 10 years could be delivering for the Southern Tier. It only took Brian Higgins 20 years to get this money for these streets here in South Buffalo. So we see the level of effectiveness that he has. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that I think that's right, like, that there's probably or certainly there's something to that, that the city of Buffalo getting a bunch of money from the federal government that they can – at their discretion, spend on streets and improvements. And that South Buffalo, which came through very strongly for the mayor, is the first district to get rewarded, is incredibly unsurprising. And, you know, and again, the, the electeds who were brought together for this, uh, you know, Councilmember Scanlon, uh, Senator Kennedy, who is chair of transportation for the uh, New York State Senate, Higgins, the mayor. Um, yeah, notably, again, South District, the assembly member, Pat Burke, not invited to this, not part of this presentation. Uh, so, you know, th I am, that's probably, there must have been a scheduling conflict, I would guess, or maybe just, you know, the invitation got lost in the mail. He he was at another ceremony for federal government, fifty million dollars. Uh, right in the district, in yeah. The district, yeah. yeah. That's the the new train station in Orchard Park. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and you know, and you know, Kennedy, a longtime ally of the mayor, uh, Higgins, basically stayed out of it, but you know, was his people certainly were helping the mayor. Um, it's not like Burke didn't endorse Walton after she won the primary. Um, but certainly stayed out of it more so than the other South District or South, South Council or South Buffalo uh, Democratic politicians did. Um, so, I, you know, not surprised that he got eliminated from the press conference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, South Buffalo realistically, you know, was the driving force between behind the reelection of the mayor. And, yeah, of course they're going to get the money, you know. Uh, it, like n n nobody is, is shocked that, like, this money is not going to like Niagara district or Elmwood village. No. And I mean, you're right. And I think what it shows is, look, you could say, Oh, uh, the mayor was always, Byron Brown was always going to win. I think that's some after the fact logic. I don't think those guaranteed a, we've talked about, we're not going to talk about the mayoral election again, but I bring this up to say that what the shows is being united and working together and building coalitions pays off. It paid off for the South Buffalo coalition siding with the mayor here. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting handsomely rewarded with some big fucking payoffs in the district. I mean, what can you say? Like that's a right. hell and, of a coalition they brought right, together. Right. And, and like, and you know, and if you're a, a council member uh, in the, who maybe didn't support the mayor full throatedly, like Scanlon did, you know, like if you're, currently going around with the mayor well like there's two things one he is the mayor so like 
he does have like you know a lot of power in the city and you can't just like say i'm just going to not work with the mayor of the city for the duration of his term because i disagree with him like that's why people are mad at uh mitch norkowski for being with the mayor in the parades or whatever right. and it's like he's the fucking mayor dude like at the end of the day you know right mitch has a duty to to get things done in his district which is a, a very diverse district and like and he's aware of that too. By I mean, we had a yeah. when we when we talked to him a few months ago. I mean, he's very much aware of the needs of the district, and he's very thoughtful about that. And we had a great conversation yeah. with him. And, and you know, and you know, if he doesn't, if he just refuses to flat out refuses to work with the mayor um, because of you know some sort of liberal purity test, like he's not like that's a major robot. He's just not going to get anything for his district. It's just not going to happen because not only like it, it or, or with a mayor block sting, uh, block stuff up at the city level, but like we just mentioned, you know, like Senator Kennedy who overlaps entirely with Mitch's district is a longtime ally of the mayor. So like there's another person who's just not going to help you get anything for your district. You know, uh, you know, Mitch's district is split up a couple, uh, among a couple of assembly members. He's got more leeway there, but you know, he's, he's not going to be able to leverage those things. And you know, I mean, and at the end of the day, his district ended up voting for the mayor. Well, but I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm Mitch is a, a particular example here, but like this is the case for like all of them, right? That you know, like there's there's that segment of like the the four members, him, Bowman, um, Wyatt, and Rivera, who were basically you know fairly obviously on the op on on the outs with the mayor, like <laughs> those districts need things. And they're not going to get anything if they're openly at war with the mayor. If you want to, like, you know, like, if you want to be openly at war because you're a, you object to the person uh, individually and ethically, then great, Mark Schroeder, you can be a do nothing assembly member for four years where they give you absolutely nothing and your votes don't matter and no one listens to you. Well, and that's just it. Again, it, it underscores if you are a political figure, you cannot just have your own little fiefdom. I mean, you can, you're, you're going to be around for a few years and then you'll be forgotten about. Um, this isn't any, in any way, shape or form, you know, lauding the likes of Tim Kennedy or Chris Scanlon by any means, but it is a recognition of the fact that, Hey, they knew their shared interest was we need to work together. We need to get Byron Brown elected. Um, this will be in our best interest. And they, they did it. They coordinated, they fought for it and they did it. They won. Um, which is to say, if you're somebody who, you know, you view yourself as left of the dial or, you know, you very much viewed India Walton as your model of political figure that you'd like to have. Um, that's well and good. And I support you. And we are all on the same page with that. But the level of political organizing and concerted effort, it, it's got to look like what Brownside did, you know, well, to I mean, be successful. I mean, the other thing is that, like, look. At a certain, they have a responsibility to do what they can for the people in their district, and not make it all about themselves, right? I mean, yeah, and that's you know that that was that was always my concern with like somebody like Schroeder in the assembly was that he you know yeah it got him reelected in his district because oh he's independent and he hates Sheldon Silver and he's fighting for us, but he got literally not a fucking thing done. All he did was collect a salary for for four years. Because nobody would listen to him or give him the time of day, you know. Like if if that's what you want, like you know what, Might, you just re re-register out of the party. That's fine. Yeah. But like, because you're gonna get nothing done. And the other thing is like, you know, 
I think that like like the these members of the common council who clearly were on the outs with the mayor, um, like if next year during the council election, a couple of the council members who have been longtime supporters of the mayor lose in a primary or in a general election, and they have an opportunity to grab power, I think that they probably would and use that to exert influence and then make the mayor do what they want for their districts anyways. But they're not in that position to do that right now. So like like are they are they literally supposed to throw the like you know the proverbial baby out with the bathwater? Like I get it like the like the mayor's bad. Okay, like we're not like you're not telling tales outside of school, but he also controls all the money and you need that money for the people in your district. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we're at the point now where Byron Brown has become like the villain character for um but, but if he paid us, we'd like him a little more. Absolutely. And and Yes, and and if he paid us more than he does currently, we'd really like him. So, yes. you know, pony up, Byron. I mean, right now the going rate is going up. So right. we're going to be mean to you again unless you, mm-hmm. you know, keep paying. Or, I mean, right. pay once at or, least. Or, or, you know, or at, least, at least win the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely do that. Yep. Well, Jim, in um, I, I say national news, but you know it's obviously local to Buffalo. The Starbucks unions uh, started famously in Buffalo, yeah. New York, and up to like 150 unionized shops now, all over the country. Man, spreading oh like wildfire in a matter of what six months? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yes, uh, awesome. we have we have Starbucks uh, shops, union shops all over the country. With that, Starbucks corporate leadership, of course, brought back. From, uh, I don't want to say the dead, but from the shadows, shall we say. Different Howard the Duck came back from a different galaxy. Howard Fam- famous Duck. whiner. Yes, famous, notorious whiner. Howard Schultz. We love you, Howard. <laughs> Howard, I love you. Um, yes, Howard Schultz is back as the head of Starbucks corporate. And, you know, Howard Schultz was brought back in the fold because uh, the, the leadership at Starbucks... After him, it just they they let the you know they, they they let the ship go to go to hell here. It's starting to sink in the ocean. So they think Howard's going to come in and you know get it out of the water here, just mm-hmm. like the Sullivans really <laughs> get on the board and start uh, you know throwing water off the sides. Um, but Howard Schultz, he uh, he is famously guys famously not amenable in any way, shape, or form to working with the unionized labor so much so that he came out recently and said um, he doesn't view them as a party to negotiate mm. with at the bargaining no, table. Gee. So uh, if you're, if you're unsure about how Starbucks corporate is handling their unionization efforts, um, they're saying to you, they're saying to uh, the national labor relations board saying to president Joe Biden, and of course to their unionized workforce, Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't realized workers have all the power. I, I mean, right now, it, you know, Starbucks does have a, a modicum of power being a multi-billion dollar corporation, but, you know, uh, the National Labor Relations Board, I mean, there's, there are laws in this country that right now Howard Schultz is openly flaunting. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he said, like, one of his things that he's crazy things he said was that um, he doesn't want this third party you know, interfering between the relationship between Starbucks management and, and their workers. It's not a third party. Well, it isn't a third party. You know what is a third party? That law firm that Starbucks management brought in to bust unions. 
Yeah. That is a third party. That's uh, that's in. Uh, I I feel very torn locally. Like, not. I don't think Starbucks coffee is great. It's fine. Whatever. I mean, like, it's certainly better than Tim Hortons. But uh, like, you pay a lot more than Tim Hortons for it. I don't know if it's worth double the price of Tim Hortons. But you know, like you know, the Starbucks on Genesee Street in Chicktawaga. You know, one of the first ones to unionize, and I want to go there to support them because they, they unionize and they're union workers. But I also don't want to give any extra money to Starbucks nationally at all, because like they're trying to actively skirt labor laws and fuck over the unions like you know and again famously this is the guy that hillary clinton wanted to make labor secretary whoopsie daisy um yeah i mean it's just like realistically what biden and the nrb have to do is come down insanely hard on him and before anybody else gets any ideas, before Amazon and Jeff Bezos get any ideas that they can screw around with unions, or before any other shithead gets any ideas that they can fuck around with unions, like NRLB has to bring down the absolute hammer. And if it means Starbucks doesn't exist, who gives a shit? Like, like we can get coffee somewhere else. Maybe not Daily Planet, but we can get coffee somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because. You know, Starbucks is being the canary in the coal mine here. They are famous for being uh, of the more liberal persuasion, in at least publicly. Obviously, Howard Schultz uh, was going to be the potential labor secretary under a uh, Hillary Clinton administration. Um, they're famous for prior to the unionization efforts being viewed as one of the more worker friendly um uh, corporations we know of course actually talking to <laughs> actually talking to uh, people who worked at the starbucks locations that that's not actually the case they were not very worker friendly at all but they did have uh, a fine veneer of being you know oh we support our staff and we have generous benefits and yada 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 so them to be the ones who are openly flaunting uh the nlrb here and and you know basically just a stick in the eye of uh democratic administration it's interesting. And I don't know what I, I I don't really know what they could do other than like you said, Jim, bring down the hammer. I, I really it's like a it feels like an all or nothing. Of course the Democrats being the Democrats will probably find some middle of the road solution that nobody's happy about mm-hmm. that does nothing. But it, in all practicality, like it really does feel like this is gonna simmer maybe I mean, maybe Maybe the Democrats or maybe the Biden administration just kind of hopes it goes away. Um, it doesn't appear to be the case. The Starbucks uh, unionization efforts are increasingly militant, mm-hmm. um, while the Starbucks corporate crackdown is increasingly fierce and hostile. Right. Well, and and like you know what I've seen in the results coming is that initially, like some of those elections were close. They're not even fucking close anymore. The more anti-union they get, the the worse like the results are getting for them. And like, and you, so you like, you, I want to go back real quick to you said about like how you know Starbucks has had this reputation of being better for workers. Well, one, what does it actually say that other companies are doing to workers? But two, Starbucks' reaction to like we thought we were like the good guys and we were good to workers, and now they're unionizing. Like they are the stereotypical nice guy who finds out that the girl that they're interested in just wants to be friends. And they're like, like, well, I guess you just like dicks, huh? You just like mean guys. I I was only being nice to you because I thought I could take advantage of you. Why don't you go? Why don't you go hang out with Elon Musk? Right. 
Yeah. No, it's um, it's something to, it's something to watch for. I, 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 you know, it's one of those things where it's like I, I don't want to be like, oh, well, even if you if you don't support the Starbucks union efforts, I mean, these are people who are in their own workplace have decided to advocate for themselves and, um, you know, in and their working conditions. But I. I will say, even if you're somebody who's leery of unions, um, you're probably not our friend, really. But uh, but just giving you the benefit of the doubt, like this is bad. Even if you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about the Starbucks union efforts or whatever, this is bad on a like, whole economy level. This is bad from a employer power standpoint. This is bad for um, certainly things like the wage gap. You know, I I don't know the numbers. Um, I I'm going to make a guess. I, I do believe, um, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to say that more, uh, employees at Starbucks are, are women, but I, that, that's, that's my gut guess. That might be a really sexist thing to say. Um, so I won't make that proclamation, but I will say it does feel bad for anybody who is pushing for more equal wages in the workplace in this country. The fact that, um, Starbucks as a corporation will just ignore, uh, their workers as they try to push for, for better working conditions should be troublesome to you regardless of how you feel about th- their actual union or administration of. Yeah, because like I'm sure I am very sick of people saying like, well, you know, they're just baristas. They don't deserve a union. Like, well, first of all, like back when like when unions were strong in this country and they were like manufacturing and they're making steel or automobiles and that stuff like that, uh, they were the largest companies in the in the the country and they paid their workers well because they were making you know billions of dollars starbucks makes billions of fucking dollars like they are the new iron they are the new steel workers they are the new automotive industry service is that industry now and they're making billions of dollars but instead of paying reasonable wages based off of that billions of dollars of profit that they're making so that people could have actual lives. They're like, no, what we're going to do is we're going to work you 30 hours a week so you can't get benefits and you have to get a second job. But if your second job interferes with us here, we're going to fire your ass. Fuck that. That's bullshit. Like people deserve to get paid well for their work. Right, right. And and not to relitigate this, but just, you know, to state the obvious here, I mean, Starbucks could have easily avoided this, I think, if they had even had a modicum of fucking sense and if they made their working conditions um even remotely hospitable for their workers but instead you know it's just it's just a stick in the eye it's just it's another thing that that people the 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 pandemic pushed people over the edge well it's just it's the intentional hostility that really gets me and sure and and that's and that seems to be the most trouble that just opened the wound up further Mm -hmm. right but for sure and and that's what i mean like to me, again, whether you're like in support of unions or not or whatever, you do have to be concerned about just the outright open hostility of like the, the corporate forces telling you like, no, you're not even the basic shit. Like what, uh, what was that? I think there was one location that had a, a unionization drive or union drive and they took like the rubber yeah, that- flooring off and threw it all out and threw it all out. So that so that they have to spend all their time on their feet, and now, so not only does that does it help you put some ease on the stress of being on your feet all the time, but it also makes it so it's non-slip, and now they're slipping all over the place and on their feet for eight hours, and that was clearly a punitive measure because they were looking to unionize. Yeah, just total cruelty, and it's you know, I mean that that and that reeks of Howard Schultz and um, basically everything his public position. So. Again, well, uh, not to talk too long about the Starbucks union stuff, but it's a big news story, and it, it's 
relevant to us. So to sum it up, fuck Howard Schultz. Yeah, he sucks. Right. But, yeah, it's, it, if Howard Schultz wants to meet me in South Buffalo for a wrestling match, I'll, like, I'll buy singlets for each of us. Also, if he wants to pay us to do our podcast, though. We will love Starbucks. Yes, right. we, I will, we, will, we will be the right. Starbucks. <clears throat> we will right. be the Starbucks if he, radio hour. If he pays us enough, I will drive out to Genesee Street and I will take the rubber mats from them. <laughs> I'll take them all. Right. That's. Uh, that's I'll set them in fire right on and, front and, of and, them. and I'll take them across the street and I'll say, "Dear Mr. TSA agent, you look like you're working hard. Stand on this rubber mat. It's easier on your knees." <laughs> also, how many drugs can I bring in here? Right. Also, yeah. how many? <laughs> now that I gave you this rubber mat. <laughs> Oh, well, we were going to talk about the Daily Planet closing. Which R.I.P. R.I.P., but I, I think, I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, Daily Planet was a good place for meetings, for uh, open mics, uh, people playing guitar and shit. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, 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 was, it was a cool place. I mean, Daily Planet was like, you know, it was the proto, like, third wave coffee place in Buffalo. Like, it came around around the time of, like, Spot. Yeah. They are like, you know, like, is it the best coffee you can get in the city? Definitely not. <laughs> Is it better than Tim Hortons? Sure. Is it better than Starbucks? A lot of times, yeah. Um, you know, but like, yeah, it's Daily Planet. It was posted online on social media um, that they got an eviction notice notice posted on their front door. Um, and who knows why? It could right. be financial issues, mismanagement. Right. It could be the landlord wanted them out. Right. Maybe it's maybe they 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 went to London for the Queen's Jubilee and they just never got back in time to uh, pay rent. <laughs> but uh, anything could have happened. Um, Does it have anything to do with Superman? Probably. It, it probably it's uh, you know, newspapers. It's hard to work for them these days. So did Lex Luthor shut down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was that, is that, what's going on here? Well, it's, it, if if the Daily Bugle closes and we see Peter Parker out there like with his camera, like can I take your picture? Like it, the the Superman, uh, the superhero Eric Starchild walking down the street asking if he could take his picture for a couple of dollars. <laughs> uh, we'll know that the the newspapers have really been hit hard. Yeah. It'd be tough, tough out there, tough times. <laughs> well, guys, um, I think that's it for this week. We got it in the can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, go bandits. Yeah, go bandits. Go bandits. Mm-hmm. Sure, we got a, we got a game this Saturday, yep. so uh, hope they win it and they win the championship. Yep, that's us, the sports podcast. We're the sports right. podcast. Nobody that's talks right. about lacrosse. So, I mean, do they even? I haven't listened to WGR in a while. Do they talk about? It? Are they talking about the bandits at all? No, I haven't listened to them either. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I know that bandits fans are a cult, and that's about all I know about Dude, them. Dude, yeah, they really are. It's pretty hardcore. They fill yeah. up that arena. They, they do. Well, it's not just that they fill up the arena, but we, if you go there, like ninety percent of the people are wearing like bandits jerseys. Oh yeah, You're like like Heaven's Gate didn't have that much buy-in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so close to the reservation. It's Native American sport, right? right. So that's it's a lot of support there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, lacrosse is... I mean, we're getting off topic a little bit. But, yeah, but like, yeah fuck it, it, whatever. Uh, it's our it's, show. We can do it. Compared to, like, the rest of the United States, like, Southern Ontario, upstate New York, um, with the history of the natives in the area and the Seneca Nation in particular... Um, Certainly a much better lacrosse area than, um, you know, like, I don't know, rat, like fucking Des Moines or something like who knows? Like, yeah. right. Like, um, it's, it's certainly much more amenable to lacrosse. Uh, so I, I can get why people are supportive and, and it, it does help realistically like that the bandits, when they started, were like immediately good. Yeah. You know, like, like they, they backed into having John Tavares, uh, like on their first couple of teams, yep. and he was immediately the best player in the history of the league. Yeah, so like that that helps that the people people show up if you win a lot. Funny how that works, right? 
Uh, it's a note to the Buffalo Sabres. People show up if you win a lot. <laughs> well, they'll do it this year. Mm-hmm. Try it sometime. All right, that's our show, guys. Thank you so much. Yep, thanks. Have a good week. Bye.